Good morning. So good to have you here on this bright, beautiful day that the Lord has made. A um, couple of announcements. Uh, first of all, um, we are we do have we are collecting some um, care packages for Pastor Rob. The good thing is he's home because he just did really well in rehab, and so. Um, and so he's, he's doing better. He still has to go through um, some physical therapy and still. So uh, we'll have, uh, there are things on the back um, table there. And so that'll be taken up and sent to, to Pastor Rob. So uh, he does appreciate all the prayers. And we'll, again, bring that up in, um, uh, in the prayer and praises part of it. Uh, we do have someone, uh, we have actually two people to help uh, clean the refrigerator for the parsonage, so that's good. The other one is um, the fundraiser. Uh, the sticky bun order is due today, and it's four fifty each. And uh, Carol, Carol, raise your hand. He's the one who's going to be picking up the orders today, and so it's, it's due today, Correct. Yeah, okay, it's due today, and then pickup is May 6th uh, between 5 and 6.30 in Fellowship Hall. Are there any other announcements? Okay, let us uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Lord, as we come into your presence, Lord, we turn all of the outside noises all of the stress, everything we lay aside. So now that we can focus on you, on this worship. So God is through the power of your Holy Spirit. Hear our prayer, O oh Lord. Amen. Could you please stand as we sing? Ah. Uh-huh. 
so amazing, isn't it? Amen. Can I get a witness? Um, we're going to, this is not an old one. That one we just did, the words were back from 1700s by John Newton, the, the, po the poem. And um, this one's from 1980, but you'll remember it. <laughs>
be seated. Judy, when I saw when uh, it was written, you said 1980, I leaned over to Kathy. I'm like, we were just in high school, so it's not that old. No, no. Just, just the other day. Uh, at this time, as we go to um, prayer and praises, we want to uh, obviously lift up uh, Rob, uh, what an incredible recovery he has. The sickest person in Lancaster General, and now he is at home. And so praise the Lord for, for all of this. And so I'm sure he's going to enjoy um, those things that as, as he still recovers, and he still needs to recover. So we want to lift up Rob and Kim as he goes through that. Any other prayer concerns or praises? We have... Runners here. None today? Oh. Okay. Not Christian Malay, but maybe it is. A lot of godly people have been trying to get the selection to be fair, and it's finally going to come out. And we all deserve to know the truth, whether it be one way or the other. And I'm glad it's going to happen very shortly. Okay. That's all i got to say. Okay. Um, any other? Oh, G- uh, Jenny. Oh, sorry. I'd just like to request prayer for a little boy. His name is Gus, and he has brain cancer. And he did have surgery, and they did get all of the tumor, but now he has a road ahead of him. So I would, And they're a very Christian family, and they know it's in God's hands, but I just want prayer for all of them. Okay. And I want to... Oh, okay. Um, Tom? Prayer for our friend David in Texas, who has exactly what Pastor Rob does, pneumonia and COVID. He's in the hospital. Uh, we pray for a miraculous recovery for him, too. Well, we'll certainly pray for, for David, having, having both COVID and um, pneumonia. Yes. Uh, just keep my mom, Marlene, in prayers. Uh, she's been uh, short of breath a lot lately, and uh, she's been getting some tests. Uh, they did rule out a few things, but they think it might be something with her heart, so. Okay. Well, we will uh, keep praying for Marlene. I know I talked to her a couple of weeks ago, and she saying that she was having some difficulties. And so let's. And she said that there would be tests coming up. So let's pray for for her. Any other concerns or praises? Oh, yes. So um, I have two praises and two requests. So my first praise is that my biopsy procedure the other week came back with clean margins and no other treatment is needed at this time. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Um, My second praise is that I had a very serious choking incident the other week. I was very luckily seated next to some doctors and a firefighter, so I was in the best of hands. had the Heimlich several times. Um, I'm very, very sore from that. It was a very traumatic event. Um, Necessary, but traumatic. And uh, also a request for my good friends in Virginia, um, Tracy, her husband Jeff, is dealing with some sort of a health crisis that is unknown. So um, prayers for them that they can figure that out quickly and get a treatment plan in place. Okay, you said you had one more? That uh, was it. Requ- okay, that was it. Uh, Cindy, it's good to see you. Uh, I've... I've I've seen that, um, those going through that incident. So uh, praise the Lord. 
that you are here and to praise God for the firefighters and the doctors and everything. So, awesome. Uh, how's your mom doing? I'm sorry, Sam, how's your wife doing? She's good? She's in great shape. Sam, how are you feeling? Okay, so we'll move on. Good. Let's keep them in prayer. Any other prayer concerns or praises? Anything from um, Zoom? Okay, thank you. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Lord, as we have gathered here in your presence, so much in the world is going on and, and so much strife and so much anger and so much worry and so much stress. And Lord, we are all very tired of this pandemic. And Lord, we could stand here and lament as we did earlier in our Sunday school class of studying lamentations, but Lord, in all of this, we must stand here and say that you are our hope, you are our peace, and you are our comfort. So Lord, forgive us as a nation and as a world for not looking to you, not seeking you out. Lord, we know that we can point fingers, but Lord, at the same time that we must confess our sins. So, Lord, we thank you on this day that there's forgiveness. We thank you that we can reach out to you, that we can ask for your healing upon our friends and our families, those that are suffering right this very day. So, Lord, we lift up those that are having trouble breathing, those that are in the hospital, those that are struggling with just the stress of everything going on. Lord, we just praise you for the news of recovery, for those that have begun the long road to healing. We praise you for the good reports. Because, Lord, at the end of the day, all that really matters is that Have we called upon your name? Have we repented of our sins? And have we forgiven others? Lord, we thank you. We praise your name. And so, Lord, at this time, guide us. As we pray the prayer you taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture reading is from Acts chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. While Peter and John 
were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus there is a resurrection of the dead. They arrested them and, since it was already evening, put them in jail until morning. But many of the people who heard their message believed it, so the number of men who believed now totaled about 5,000. The next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. They brought in the two disciples and demanded, By what power or in whose name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, The stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven which must be sorry. God God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing the council could say.
one of the illustrations that uh, I was going to use today. Uh, well, let me just say that I had to do some more research to make sure that this is true. There was a missionary by the name of Reverend E.P. Scott, and he was living in India in the 1800s. And prompting of the Holy Spirit, but against advice from his fellow missionaries, Scott decided to travel into some remote villages. These villages that were kind of dangerous. No one has really ever been allowed to go over there. And so, but he decided that I needed to preach the gospel to them. And so he went out. And so several days into his journey, Scott was met with a large group of warriors. They surrounded him, and they had spears aimed straight at at his heart. And so expecting to die, he made the decision to glorify God. And then he also hopefully wanted to stir something in the hearts of his captors. And so he took out his violin, which he always carried with him. He closed his eyes, and he began to play and sing, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name, in their native language. Because in the original uh, illustration that I was finding, it just said he sang all held the power of Jesus' name. But if they couldn't understand the language, it wouldn't have meant anything. But in, he sang that language. And so he sang the first verse and the second verse and the third. And beginning the fourth, he realized that he was still standing. And so he opened his eyes. And the spears were dropped. And the warriors, these mighty warriors, were crying now. Throughout the remainder of his life, Reverend Scott spent much time with this tribe sharing the love of God. That hymn has been translated into almost every language. And so as we're going into the second week of uh, proclamations of the early church, we saw Peter last week preaching, and now he's at it again. He's preaching not only into the streets, but he's actually preaching at the temple. And so the backstory of this in chapter 3 is that Peter and John actually are going to the temple because it was time for prayers, And there was an old man who had been there. He had been crippled for a long time, and people had to carry him to the gate. And so this beggar would cry out to people as they were walking past, have mercy, and and maybe get some type of money. And this beggar saw Peter and John and cried out to them. And Peter has this wonderful expression, look at us. Obviously, they're not well-to-do. They didn't have money. But Peter says, I've got something better. In the name of Jesus Christ and Nazarene, get up and walk. 
And when he reached out his hand, that cripple who had been crippled for a long time, his feet and ankles and legs became instantly strong. And then this man who had been crippled is now dancing around in the temple praising God. And so people started to gather because they wanted to hear more about Peter and John. And here's the thing which was so funny is that Peter and, Peter and John said, hold on, if you're looking to us for miracles, don't look at us. It's not us. It was by the power of Jesus that that man walked. And so the more they preached, the more the crowd grew in fact, 5,000 had grew, praising God, believing, because they saw with their own eyes this crippled man praising God. And because of such a large crowd, then we get into the point of the temple guards fearing that there could be a riot, or the excuse of a riot. They arrested Peter and John, and they kept them in jail overnight because it was getting dark. And so the next morning, the Sanhedrin, the same people who turned Jesus over to Pilate, these are the same people, Caiaphas, and the other high priest. And they began to question Peter and John. By what right do you have to preach the gospel? What right gives you the name to actually heal someone? And so Peter said, so you're upset that this man is walking? Are you upset because he's been healed? Because we did something good? And they said, by the power of Christ, the ones that you put, on, put to death. This is the power that we have. And as he is preaching to the Sanhedrin, they all start to wonder, who is this Peter and John? They, they're, they're, it's kind of, puzzling because these are not men that you would think could be preaching. These were fishermen. They didn't look like the ruling class. They didn't look like the temple priest. They're just ordinary people. How can you be doing this? And they were amazed. And they even were surprised that, hold on, Not only are they surprised by the message in which they spoke, their authority, but they couldn't deny the fact that the man that they knew was crippled, standing right there with them. And so they met. And so after this, we did not cover uh, in the reading, but after this, they had come together and they said, Well, Peter and John, uh, you may go, but you may never preach the gospel again. 
And Peter actually says to them, "Do you?" and this is in uh, chapter 4, verse 19, but Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. Well, they threatened them a little bit more, but realized that they couldn't keep them. That they had to go out and to proclaim the good news. And so, by this, Peter says that Christ has come. He goes back to the scripture and says, the ones that you've rejected has become the cornerstone. He is now the Messiah. And so these very uneducated common men were able to begin to preach. So in our lives, we have at times been, I don't know about you, but sometimes with me, Who gives you the authority to speak? And it's been God to speak. And yes, there have question of, yes, I have, I went to um, seminary. But even before that, it's not, when I didn't have it, I could still preach. Remember in high school when you first get to know God? I, I don't know how many of you came to know Christ, but in high school, I was that new Christian that kind of um, I don't want to say religious nut but that's the only word I can think about because I was, I was excited but in my excitement I decided to point out everyone's wrong you know oh Judy can I pick on you for a moment So if, because if, I had a friend who, who was doing this at the time, and um, I would go up to him, and I would go, you know, you're smoking, now you, you don't smoke, I know, I know you don't. Not anymore. But, not, not, <laughs> not anymore. Okay, I need to go pick on someone else. But instead of sharing the good news with you, I'd come out and point out, hey, you're, you're sinning. And isn't that the best way to explain Christ? Is it? No. The answer is no. No. Okay, thank you. So I got excited. I wanted to share the gospel, but I wasn't sharing it. I was just pointing out other people's sins. And they, and they would tell me, what authority did I have? And I was like, I was just, I'm excited. But the, sometimes I get excited And sometimes I need to pull back on that and go, have I told them about Christ? Was it, it it became more about me, look how many people I can save, instead of saying, God, just use me to share the gospel, to share that message. Sometimes, it's our scars. Sometimes it's our pain in the past that actually tells an incredible story. 
And I've listened to a lot of your stories, a lot of the things that you've struggled with, a lot of the pain that you've gone through, and I've heard it. And your faith has been, has grown stronger. So by now, it's not by my power I preach it, but by the Holy Spirit. And that's how I have gotten to know your stories. Because I'm hearing your story based on the Holy Spirit in you, than hearing something of bragging about. Because, Judy, as I was doing that as a young person, I never thought about what I was doing. I was just... I was so excited. But I was excited for the wrong... I was trying... I was trying to save someone. Can I save anyone? Well, as a firefighter, uh, yes, we, we can. But not the soul. Not the soul. And sometimes we need to hear that story. We need to hear your struggle. We need to know your life. That's how people come to know the Lord. because They need to hear real stories. They need to hear what's, what's bringing you to Christ. And that when we stumble, we still have Christ. Because we're not perfect. Peter and John... Well, we do know of Peter. Peter loses his life for the gospel. Of all the other disciples, John's the one who actually is exiled. He's the only one that we know of that does not meet a martyr's death. Tim Keller writes, in his book, uh, Evangelism Studies in the Book of Acts. The gospel is one's past record that is never pristine. It is full of selfishness, pride, and sin, and therefore ordinary men can be saved and chosen and gifted by God for service. Peter and John have the confidence because they received their position with God and their position in his service all by grace. If you look at my past, if you look at my record, yeah, there's a lot of selfishness. There's been a lot of pride. There's been a lot of sin. But God has chosen me. In spite of all of that, he's chosen me to preach. But he's also chosen you to preach. He's also chosen you to share the gospel. And so how do we do this? It's one-on-one. Again, it's having a conversation. Now when Judy and I talk, um, we, we actually have really good talks now. We're starting to share lives. And I'm, and I'm grateful for, for the listening that some of the stories that you've shared in my life. 
that I'm starting to go, ah, I see, I see what you mean. We have to see the other side. So, on this day, are we going to share the gospel? And sharing the gospel is dirty. It's not good because we're unclean, but God is good. And so sometimes we have to get dirty to share it. Sometimes we have to go to places that we don't want to go so that people will hear the gospel. Pastor Reverend Scott was willing to give his life to go to a very savage tribe to preach the gospel. And it almost cost him his life, but instead, by the grace of God, those people came to know the Lord. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, there are times that we have tried to be zealots. Sometimes we're blinded by our own ambition, our our pride. And Lord, you've actually just called us to be honest and open. And Lord, you've asked us to seek your will in all things. So Lord, forgive us. Forgive us when we have sinned. Correct our paths. Because, Lord, there's work to be done. And there's work that, yes, we are going to get dirty. We're going to get filthy. We're going to go to places that we don't want to go, but people need to hear the gospel. And so, Lord, you called us. You called us to get messy. You called us to go and to spread the gospel. So, Lord, use us. Use us as your guides. Lord, we pray all of this in Christ's most holy name. Amen. So, in the reflection and response, I, I gave kind of a, a thing that I did in high school. And, and Judy, thank you for letting me uh, pick on you. I'm, I know you didn't have much of a choice, but you've given me, you've given me the opportunity to do that. Uh, Bill... Bill Smith, you're next week, okay? Just want to let you know, I have to go back and forth. I, I've met, yeah. yeah. Are you good, Bill? You feeling good? Okay. Um, so we're, we, we're coming to a time of, how do we do this? How do we proclaim the message of Christ in a world that doesn't want to hear it? Anyone? I mean, I've given you some of the answers, but how, how do we share the gospel? How do we proclaim it in such a time that it's just difficult? Amy? Through our actions and interactions with others. If we have to use words, I guess we can, but it should be what people see in us and see us doing for others. But, okay, so let's go... But Amy, what, what if they see you doing something wrong? Well, I have to own up to it and say I did something wrong, but I'm human and I still want to further God's kingdom. 
And, and you ask for forgiveness. See, I think that's the other thing. They, they need to see your human side, and they need to see your Christian. I mean, because it's the same person. This is who I am, and when I do wrong, I ask for forgiveness. And then, because they also need to see how we ask for forgiveness too, right? Yes. I mean, yes, it's important how, how we live, but can, we need to see that forgiveness. Anyone else? Jenny? Say say it again. I think we need to be willing to share, like things that might have happened in our past. Like say, if you're you know recovering from drug addiction, you can share that journey. You know, you you can share your your past hurts and pain. Yeah, because you never know. In sharing that, someone else may have that same uh, feeling. That's why sometimes I'm I'm. Sometimes I, I, I kind of share too much of my struggles with depression, but the, the reason why I do that, because someone else may have going through that, and they need to hear that maybe a, the pastor has this struggle too. And then that way we can communicate, well, where do you get your hope from? And Jenny, I know your story well enough that your hope comes from God. And, and I know where, where you work, you can't share, but they know your actions because I because you say you always say good morning to everyone or you you still do don't you and all the kids love that anyone else well let's go to the Lord in prayer gracious Lord it's my words and actions our stories sometimes we get messy Sometimes we try to do the, the right thing for the wrong reasons, or, or maybe we do the wrong things for the right reasons. But Lord, at the end of the day, guide us through the power of your Holy Spirit so that when we have those stories to tell, that we're not pointing at our lives, but we're pointing at you. Because it's not what we've done is what you've done. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving us of our sins. Thank you for restoring us. So guide us, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Let us pray. Gracious Lord, we do surrender all. All of the hurts, all of the pain. Lord, just guide us so that we may praise you each and every day and to share our faith in you. In Christ's name we pray. And all of God's children said, Amen.